podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett and with me to go through the first Premier League defeat in 21 games and nearly eight months, but what a way to break that duck again. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a difficult pod, everybody, and I hope you're sort of strapped in for the ride. Uh, but I do have our resident data collection and video analyst, Mr. Daniel Rhodes. Evening, Rosie. Evening, mate. I'm not sure it could have been a worse result, could we? Losing away oh. after their start of the season and their recent history is about as bad as it gets. Yeah, I think maybe I've, I've put down maybe the most disappointing league defeat since Fulham on 7th of March 2021, which is over 18 months ago. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, but my day's been better than yours because you've had to collect the pressing. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, yeah, I have. <laughs> yes, it wasn't good. <laughs> it was about as bad as it gets as well, so we'll come on to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, but and I do have um, our dynamic duo of sports scientists. Um, first of all, um, our most qualified sports scientist, uh, Dr. Phil Barter. From um, head of data science at Middlesex University, evening Phil. Evening, mate. You alright? It's going to be a busy one for you boys. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. Um, I think it, I was trying to think of the worst performance, but it's back. The process for me was more worrying than the the actual outcome. But we'll come on to that. Mm. And our most <laughs> our most practiced sports science. Um, he's had more clubs than Tiger Woods. It's Simon Brundish. Good evening, say. <laughs> Evening, boys. That was very depressed there, but, but, but Jesus Christ, we're three games in. You sounded like your 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 kids are all sick and you've not slept for four days. <laughs> I mean, part of that is true, Si, but, He's not in the ivory tower at the moment, uh, Si, because he's, he's actually at home, so he's getting withdrawal symptoms, so... <laughs> this is true. This is true. And it was he's a birthday the weekend. Back in oh, academia, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. It was, it was, a, it was a, not a great birthday weekend, but, you know, there you go. Yeah, not good. Right, before we start the normal match um, analysis, right, we are going to have to do, because this is a rather, so we're starting the Premier League for 10 years, um, we are going to have to do um, an emergency state of the nation analysis here um, because um, I haven't seen all, didn't watch all the Palace game live. I've only seen the extended highlights on that one, I'm afraid, because I was away. Um, but um, my biggest concern is that this is uh, not not even close to a typical Jurgen Klopp um, team performance. It's definitely no heavy metal, complete absence of heavy metal. More like 1980s wistful <laughs> soft rock ballad or something. 
Um, so I guess we guess the question is is why 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 is this why are the performances so untypical of Klopp? So I've got some quick numbers to to lead us into this um, coming from uh, Adam Bates, a ghost goal at Sky Sports. Um, so first game was Fulham. They ran seven k more. That's over half a player in real in real money. Seven k more distance in the match than us. Four hundred twenty six more high intensity runs than we managed. Palace managed three k more in distance with forty eight more high intensity runs, and Man United managed three k more in distance and one hundred eighteen more high intensity runs. So, come to you first, Sai. Um, the lack of intensity. Um, being outrun, being outfought, why? What's going on? How do you see it? I'm just hoping it's an anomaly here. Um, I criticised Man United last week for the exact same mm. thing. They were outrun hugely um, by Brentford. Yeah. Um, there is there is a... Uh, let's set the caveat first in that um, if everything is controlled... The defense, the team out of possession will usually run more than the team in right. possession. Yeah, apart yeah. from the uh, the evolution in the last five years with Klopp and Pep, and then Pochettino for uh, uh, a while at Spurs and uh, Tuchel, is that the te- is that the top teams now um, that they sometimes cover less total distance, but they always cover more high-speed distance because they, they and we were the leaders in this, impose the tempo of the game. We, we stress the opposition with the amount of running we do, um, which forces them into fatigue decisions and then we can overload them with numbers of people um, or just with our sheer energy, basically. Um, and... If you look at performance data, uh, physical performance data, um, total distance is kind of one thing, but it's kind of a legacy um, uh, statistic. It's really yeah. about high-speed distance and sprint distance yeah. um, and getting out-sprinted. But uh, getting out-run, which is anything above seven, basically seven metres per second, um, which will be 20, 24 on the... I think it's 24 kilometres an hour. Um, I always try to say it's, it's running the hundred meters. In hundred hundred meters, running the hundred meters in fourteen seconds, isn't it? Yeah. So um, it's it's a, if 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 a ten is your fastest sprint, and you were a footballer, this is anything over a, a seven. That would be high speed. So this it looks like Robbo running back, um, or what what Robbo should do when he should be running back kind of thing rather than a, a mo 10 10 meter sprint onto a onto a pass to score yeah. um, so so yeah this is setting absolute setting of intensity it can be you can get occasional spot um like spikes in these numbers and it can throw off if it's a basketball game so yeah. you get you, so if if we have no control if there are bad passing really low uh, passing percent and mm. you lose possession and you're unstable you end up with 10 players making high-speed runs at the same time, and then your numbers go up quickly. Yeah. Because if, if, if you're set and you're comfortable, you've got three or four players doing high-speed runs, upsetting the opposition, and they've got eight players doing high-speed to cover, then that skews the total number. 
But in this, it, that's not what we're seeing right now. And I've never seen, in the last five years, six years, I've never seen numbers this low for a clock team at all. And, and it's repeated three times. And we've got the lowest distance and the lowest high-speed distance recover, uh, covered under in a, a Jurgen Klopp Liverpool team. I think the only time I can really recall it is the the, the, the tail end of uh, his first full the season. first season. Yeah. But we were when, still when, covering more high-speed distance. we had Lucas and Emery Chan in centre-mid, and we basically were trying to grind out games, weren't we? And that, you know, we, with, we, with, st- we had Sturridge and, and uh, Divi up front, and we were still winning, but we, we had no interest in that. All we were trying to do was was get uh, was win the, um, the Europa League. Yeah. Yeah. So... Okay, so if we can if we can kind of agree that especially that Fulham game does pass the eye test in my opinion though you know the numbers are stark but it does pass the pass the eye test and what we watched um why is there like why is there such lack of intensity because wasn't what wasn't Pep's book called intensity <laughs> irony eh so so let me get quickly get my get my theory out of the out of the way and we've discussed my theory on here many times we've argued about it. I think we played too many games last season. Uh, too many lads played too many games last season, and they're ju- they're, there is a, le- a level of latent fatigue in them. Alongside, there is an emotional fatigue in them, and it's just turned off their their peak twitchiness, their um, their heightened state state of arousal. It would be called in in psychology terms, but um, they're just a bit off and. When you're just a bit off at this level, you look terribly off. And uh, this is all at the same time as we've got a few lads that are just older than they were and they can't do the same amount of running. And I imagine, so if, if, just a quick example, if we give the ball away on the edge of the box, on the edge of the opposition's box, right, three years ago, all 11 or all 10 lads will be sprinting back to, to stop them from breaking. Now, two or three are, and the others are going, oh. And that makes a huge difference in the outcome, but also in those numbers that we've just been talking about. Okay. So, you're saying it's not necessarily physical capacity that's stopping it, it's more mental. For choosing. Uh, emotional, yeah. I think I think there's a combination. I think one is definitely the physical capacity is definitely diminished, diminished. But I think it's it's uh, an almost it's how we'd understand game state. Oh god, another one's gone in, and things are just going against us. And we we live through. We're old. We lived through this with when Stevie was in the team. How many times? Like you would see that Stevie would come out and he would he would be sulking and get like in 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 one every three games he would do something brilliant and stick a thund- thunder bastard in but when he was in a poor team that his mood would set the tempo of the of our team and he would be like oh god I've got to put up with these guys again and yeah. and you could kind of it, it's it's like it's the grind in in a very real sense that. After the efforts that they put in physically, psychologically, emotionally, last season, on top of the COVID season the year before, and winning the league, and it's incessant all the time, and you can't put any more effort in than they did last season in all of those aspects. Trying to be perfect, getting one of the five best um, points of all time, 
and you still don't win the league, that must be devastating because it's happened before. Okay. Do you so, know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So so like without getting so we don't want to I don't particularly want us to go down that I mean that's definitely one theory, I agree with you, but I don't want us to become so, too self indulgent here. Want us to try and look at things. So Rosie and Bart, she, we did. We talked briefly on the uh, on a pod about the charity shield. Might have been the Fulham pod or the pre pre season preview, and yeah. we were pretty positive about the the charity shield performance, weren't we? Yeah, I I said to Sai this morning about that. I thought we were good, but there was were reports that the players reported being tired after that. So we did look good, true, but we did look intense as well, right? We did look intense, and we had. Uh, I would say I have a, had an element of control in midfield. Um, I mean, you know I'm going to say that because that's one of my big things. And I said at the beginning, it, it, one of my caveats for the season was that we can't start this season like we did last season. Not having that 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 basis in midfield. And I do think that's the area where a lot of what Asai says rings true. You know, in, in the to go back to an old-fashioned phrase, the engine room seems to have got really tired really quickly. And also, I'd imagine in pre-season, we know Klopp genuinely plays the first, same set of players for the first block of games. Now, he hasn't been able to do that through injury, through whatever way they're being pulled out of games or whatever which way you want to look at that, as we might come on to. So it's not a settled um, 11 for that first block of games to get uh, an established foothold of, of points, Right. It's. I mean, he hasn't played the same eleven. He hasn't been able to play the same eleven, and in the key area of the pitch has been midfield. He had definitely hasn't been able to play the same three players, no. which he which he normally does. Right, he normally plays at least two out of three every single game for that first block of five, and he gets in and gets ten, twelve points, and then we're off. He hasn't done that this season. In fact, I think he's three different three different sets. Maybe I can't remember. off the top of my head. That's really bad. Sorry, mm. but I just think that's a real. So from pre-season. I'm not saying it's a bad decision, but they, I think they would have planned how they would normally have done. Right, this is how we're going to do it. It's come in. Game one, your second best midfielder gets injured. And your, and your, and your, and your captain doesn't have a great game. So you're already right. So, okay, how right. do we fix that? Rosie, Cy and Bart, Cy and Bart are both ascribed very similar um, possible theories here, right? How, where, where do you stand? Do, do you think it's all... I mean, do you think it's all personnel related? Do you, what do you well, this, the injuries are absolutely a factor, aren't they? Um, but I, I'm, as is the age of the squad, um, Opta Joe posted a thing about Liverpool having six players aged 30 or above in the starting eleven. The first time we've done that since Feb 1994. That is a factor. It has to be. Um, if you look at the analyst who posted a, a squad age profile that I'll post in the group, We've got we've got an aging squad. There's no doubt about it, and especially when the, some of the players that are injured are are more younger, more high intensity. You might all say the, um, all the, ne- ne- nearly all the next generation replacement t- players, the ones to come in after this great team, they're all injured. Jota, Canate, yeah. Cater, yeah. um, and who's the other one? D- Nunes, and there was a fifth J- one as well. Did you say Jota as well? Did you say Jota? Yeah, Jota. There was a fifth one as well. I, know, I can't remember. Listed before. Yeah, but yeah, so that's not going to help, is it, Rosie? So that's right now, the, the personnel is old, right? But we have pl- we played old teams, old 11s last season. Sai was coming on every week and telling us it's the oldest team we fielded in our history and that kind of stuff. Because, you know, the same team was Asian week on week. But we had intense performances. We had... We did. 
We did. Uh, um, I, I think what Sai said, and I know you didn't want to go down that route, but I think the the thing about the the mental fatigue, and we can't we can't quantify it, but it must be draining. It must be draining um, to get so many points in a league season and not and not be and not win the title. It must catch up eventually. Yeah, so yeah. I think I got a lot of sympathy for this because it's their job. That's what they do for a living. They they pay yes. to play football. It's still think about that pressure, Darth. He's like right, yeah. three games in. So even after the Palace game, the pressure is already on them. They know what it's like. They know they can't afford to drop any more points. Yeah. So, so they, because they've already four of the last three, uh, four, they won the title in four of the last uh, one of the last four seasons, and the other two they came within two points. And last season, they came within a game and a couple of goals of, of pulling off the historic uh, quad, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And yet, they're the, as Si and me said this morning, they could be the best second-place team ever. But that with that brings huge pressure going into a season with a shortened you know, rest period, the rest of it. And then you start seeing players going down like flies in front of you that you know you need. So, that adds I know you covered this last week, right? So let's revise. Why are we getting so many soft tissue injuries? It's really important for the people who didn't listen to last week's episode. Why are we getting so many soft tissue injuries compared to all other Klopp seasons at the start of this season? Is it how many is it? Is it five? Is it that we've had seven? Seven. 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 Yeah. You've got four hamstrings in there. We thought we counted last week. So I was it Jota. Ox, Timiscus, Timiscus, uh, and uh, Thiago. So that's four, yeah. four, four hamstring. So, um, yeah. Is there is there something other than what we talked about? Is there something other going? Something's changed in pre-season, or something? Somebody's made a bad decision, or somebody's made a bad plan, or something. Do we? Do we? Do we think there's anything, any possibility that something like that could also be at play here? We're not sure, are we? But there might have been a change of. Plan in terms of how we've taken the preseason because of the World Cup. So World we might, Cup. yeah, we might have gone too intense in the preseason compared to previous seasons. We don't. I don't know if this is a fact or not. But also, Dan, that first game against Fulham was quite a shock in terms of how bad the performance was. And for me, four hundred and twenty-six more high-intensity runs by the opposition, a promoted side. I I can't get my head around that figure. I really can't get my head. Around. That's not. That's not fatigue. That's not. Uh, that that's just. Isn't that just lack of effort? Well, Why it's also the opposition playing like Bielsa team. You know, you know. Yeah, well, it's Marcus yeah, Silva. Yeah, I mean, most of those were probably just Pereira. You know, and <laughs> over Reed. You know. Yeah. But, and it's, it's like, we, we did for context. We did. We we outran the in the. Um, we outran the opposition. By more than four hundred high speed runs in eight games last season, mm. so it's not that unusual. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Fair we, we have we have changed approach. Remember, we've become more. This is why the element of control in midfield is so important for us because we've, we've become possession based. And as I yeah, said, season on season, season, season on season, season we get more and more. Yeah, there we go. So we're going to run less. So I mean, even last night, it's not a shock that United 
out uh, outdid us at high speed run. They had three runners. They were playing counter attack well, for a little bit. But the point, what my, my my issue is, I agree with everything about you saying, Bart's is that last season, as I said, we can still have the control, but we can still have the intensity as well, and that's what I'm guessing. Why you know we why where's that intensity gone? Even when we're having seventy percent of the ball, it's not there. And I think some of this is. I think the continuation of having the set of players in there that you haven't planned to have in there. So therefore the sinking that we spoke about last pod isn't is off. Agreed. You know, the, the, the sinking isn't right. We're trying out a new system and we've planned to do this tweak to our system, but the players we plan to use in that system are injured. 100%. So you're bringing in players that are not that were never meant to do that at this early stage. They were meant to feed you with minutes and develop and learn the uh, learn the patterns of players as they go along earlier than they should have done. So therefore, as we kind of chatted pre-pod, it looks very dysfunctional moment at the moment. Not a Klopp way of playing in any of the three games because the system is out is out of sync. The, the components aren't working well, particularly in midfield. Yeah. Um, can, I, sorry, can, I just caveat, can I just caveat this with with here we are, right? The world is ending. We could have won all three games. We so 100%. easily could have won all three games. We we just recorded the highest number of touches inside inside Man United's box, Old Trafford, in Correct. the history of Opta. Correct. It's but sorry, it's, we would still be talking about dodgy performances, even if the results were good. We, we I agree with that. But this show, we would still be saying we've had some results, but we, we've had some lucky wins here then, or we've had some lucky results. But we would still be. So talking what is about the difference? So the thing is, the di- the big difference between us now and I I. I philosophically agree with all of the stuff that we've, we've been talking about, right? But if just objectively, statistically, the, the differences now compared to last season at a similar period is the single biggest, biggest difference is that we're taking taking shots and not hitting the target. Yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I, I want to cover all of that kind of stuff as well, yeah, on, you know, as part of the match discussion. But specifically, I just wanted to ask everybody about the, the intensity, the physicality, and the injuries first to start. So, do you think something has something has gone wrong off the field in terms of the planning, or something's changed in preseason, or do you think it's just the same as it's been? And it's I I, I think if we if we attribute this to to bad luck, on top of the terrible luck we had two seasons ago, uh, and I think. I don't think I, I I could honestly believe that. I think so, there, there must be mistakes made. That f- fundamentally, I believe that there have been mistakes made this season. Um, I think there was a gamble last season which caused the extra level of fatigue yeah. that we've had, and yeah. I think we've made mistakes in the planning of pre-season leading into the World Cup. Somebody just said. Um, I think Bart's just said uh, that maybe training was too hard and um, it just uh, triggered something I remember reading about Klopp um, because when he when he came here he realised what a marathon it was compared yes. to um, yep. compared to the Bundesliga which has two much smaller um, races because they yep. have the full break in the winter and, for, and, and I wonder. Games. Yeah. I wonder if we've talked about this pre-season that I was... I'm, I'm holding my hand up here going, I'm just completely wrong. Um, that 
I thought we had an advantage in that we don't have so many players off to the World Cup. Um, so we can treat this much more like a, a, a two-leg sprint and have players off. And I wonder how much, instead of planning for players to be peaking towards the second half of the season, I wonder if if we've gone for an all-out approach now and then recover and go again in in December. And our players are so attuned to this one way of, of training that it's that bit by bit they've broken. Okay, final question on this. So say that, um, for argument's sake, the players have been, if in quotes, overtrained in pre-season. They've been pushed too hard, right? In layman's terms, if they're tired now, is there a point where they actually get through that and then the benefits of that overtraining come through? Does that happen? How does it work, Sai? Please explain to us. Yes, that's exactly how that would work, yeah. Not if they're injured. If, if, they're, if they're trained and then they're injured, they're injured and they, they reset. But um, there's absolutely a... a, a position where um that, that well if we'd been training them to to uh to a point where we'd be peaking basically if if my original plan was was uh i constructed the original plan around the whole christmas thing and having having the time off i will be planning on the squad being at peak fitness the week next week the week after next when we start hitting the full-on grind because we'd still be building during this phase bits of fitness more fitness than you would ever usually do in uh, in season because of the gaps between games and then I, I would be planning that our lads are peaking to begin next weekend so fingers crossed that that's the plan but I think probably we've gone we've gone a little bit too hard in that we've caused too many injuries which weren't planned yeah and also say, you did say say last season that the lack of injuries did have an element of luck to that as well. You're saying it on both counts, so there's an element. Of yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And that's and that is true. You you can't have the lads that we have with the injury histories that we have and the age legs that we have now, and uh, uh, go from basically drop 150 games missed. Uh, yeah. season on season that's that's massive last season we're middle of the pack while having the oldest team in the league um and a bunch of lads that get injured very regularly with big injury history so we were a bit lucky last season for sure so i think people need some positives right now listening say so what you just to recap if i've heard you right so the players who who've gone through that intense training if they have been overtrained and are not injured will benefit in a couple of weeks time and they will be fitter and that would be my guess my guess would be that they were still undergoing some kind of fitness training right now like some developmental fitness training as if as if this is the end of pre-season right so so they so they'll lower the load of of training this week and so that they'll be starting to peak from next uh, so the highest the hardest thing they do from now on will be game day and i think that, so the biggest difference from preseason to to in season is that in preseason, the um, in season your training load for the whole week will be twice whatever distance you cover will be twice the the distance intensity that you do on a game day. So you have three lots of that in a week. Yeah. In preseason, it's five to seven times that amount. Yeah, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. Well. Okay. Um, and. The other thing I wanted to come back to very quickly um, was last week, um, as Sai, you went through it in great detail with that absolutely remarkable Klopp post-match press conference against Crystal Palace, 
where he actually called out his own medical team. And I've never seen Klopp in a post-match interview. He's the ultimate loyalist. He keeps everything in-house, never criticises his players in public, never criticising him. And then here he was calling out the medical team and basically not being able to give him answers on players, whether they could play, whether they could start. And that set loads of hairs running for me, basically, and then trying to find out about... What's 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 happening with the club and this 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 the the, the so-called algorithm and and everything that they say, um, and then so last week we had the situation with Joe Gomez. Klopp clearly, clearly, clearly wanted to start him, but was was deferred to the medical advice. Didn't start him. Brought him on after the hour, um, and when when the game was when we were already one 0 down, um, and in this game, there's ostensibly another thing which is very very similar to Joe Gomez that. Everybody's expecting Fabinho to start, uh, and then he doesn't, and we we end up with Milderson and Harvey Elliott. Is this another algorithm, or is this just a managerial choice? And where do you have any thoughts generally about the so-called algorithm and the um, the the predictive injury software, alleged predicted injury software? Okay, let's go Fab first. I I thought it must be exactly what you you were thinking. The whole co- conspiracy thing around that he was red flagged at the last minute, and so he was so he had to reduce his time. After the game, he was indignant in how he was. Somebody eventually asked him that um, point blank, and he said, basically, I pick my team, and I've got five fit midfielders, and I chose to not pick him. Okay, which I find truly remarkable. Um. It blow it it blows my mind that he he chose those three ahead of Fabinho. Whatever form he's been in for two games, absolutely blows my mind. But but step that aside for a second, and we'll go to. Uh, I I I feel like there are mistakes being made in the flagging of players. Um, I don't Most know positives. if yes. Um, and I don't know if that got corrected last week. Um, there, there's been industry talk about the software at play um, being, let's be kind, too early in its inception to, to have full validity that controls selection of, of readiness of players. Yeah. So, uh, so traditionally, we have been the best analytics um club in the world 100% and I like to believe that our really 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 smart dudes not just the guys in the analytics at all like in the in the um, sports medicine and in the the uh, sports science departments they're some of the best in the very uh, very best in the world and they have access to one of the five best universities in the world for doing this stuff all the time there's, co- there's constant partnership with all this stuff I I, I would be amazed if we've given um, a start a tech startup that kind of authority, but that is the rumor. Okay. Um, and the industry is not. Does the industry have a good re- view of, of its this, this product's reputation? Do you think, or or is it mixed? I, should we say? I I'm not sure that they think it's a great thing. In in my experience of talking with people within the industry and in in the uh, sports tech in- industry and um, yeah there there let's let's say the ind- industry wide they think it's probably not ready for um, 
full immersion into mm. high high level football. Okay. All right. <laughs> right. Should we talk about the game? <laughs> no. Right. So, uh, Bart's right. Sai's already done the the elephant in the room for us. Managerial choice, apparently. Um, but there were some other big decisions made in a, for this match in this selection, but by the opposition, Bart's. Yeah. So um, he dropped uh, Harry and Ronnie, and went with a 4-2... That's the club yeah. captain. That's the club captain. And the um, most highly paid player in the Premier League. Yeah, which is a, a big call, but I will give him credit to say I think it helped them a lot. Did he drop one um, for as well? He did, yes. Um, a £50 million pound fullback. He's apparently on the way out of the club anyway. So, um, you, so let me just jump in. Do you know that they, they, their uh, distance covered went up seven kilometres? After Brentford? From, yeah, after Brentford. Hmm. Um, that would be the difference between... Um, Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Yeah, R- Ronaldo and Sancho, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they went with, um, I said, a 4-2-3-1 um, with Bruno... Operating a, a, t- a double pivot of, of Ericsson and McTominay with Bruno helping out defensively. Yeah, so Fred was dropped. Forward. Fred was dropped as well. Fred was right? dropped. Yeah, but yeah. They went, I think they went with the height of McTominay uh, <laughs> in front of Varam Va- yeah. and the smaller centre So I think McTominay was brought in. Oh, I think he was dropped as well. Luke Shaw. Yeah, but as they're coming to their their fullbacks of choice were not offensive. Should we say they were? They largely spent tucked in as a four. Uh, they didn't get yeah. a lot. Didn't get past halfway line a lot. Just dueling with Sullivan. Dueling, yeah. yeah. And they kept the two in front, and then they allowed Bruno to go and join, try and link the two. And they had three uh, runners, should we say, or ball carriers in the wide with uh, Sancho, Rashford down the middle, and uh, I can't remember the lad's name um, on the on the Ilanga. Ilanga, so, so the fast which, one. The fast one, yeah. Um, so they set up extensively to, I think, um, not be difficult to break down. Uh, they played a higher line before they scored than I'd seen them play for a long, long while. Um, and I think, that again, that was uh, a product of not playing Harry. Um, and then uh, De Gea does like to go along, but he seemed to go along a lot uh, into Rashford and then they try and win the um, knockdowns from there with Bruno. Um, ostensibly, I thought, shutting off the pass inside, which made our limits uh, easier to defend, which when we could then recycle it through our pivot into and break if we needed to. So, and once they got the goal, they did drop off five another five yards um, and sat and played counter-attacking even more. Um, which we saw in the second half where Rashford was just basically playing down that uh, inside left channel between Gomez and Trent uh, looking for a ball in behind, which eventually on the third attempt he scored. So I I think as much as our game plan didn't work, they uh, sometimes you have to look at the opposition and go, okay, they set up to yeah. stop doing the stuff that they're, they're costing the previous two games, play higher up the pitch, Try and do the things that he are his principles, and uh, make the best use of the tools he had against us. There you go. Yeah. 
And yeah, that, that's just, that's, I think I, I was I was chatting to somebody in the group um, on uh, in our WhatsApp group about. Um, and I said, Pete, there's you know when when where do you draw the line between being an idealistic coach? This is the way I play versus yep. a results coach who says, well, okay, this is what I've got. How do I get the best results I can with these tools at my disposal? And um, yeah, and uh, clearly. You know, yeah, it's it's you know it's pretty wild to say you you know United will probably be, they're not even in year zero in my opinion. Um, no, they're not. But I mean, equally, I think actually the way they played one. the way they played last night, I think it's more like his principles anyway. I don't think he's ever played with a player like Ronaldo up front. No, no, so, and, and, yeah, and he played he played he got rid of the the wardrobe or the fridge. The wardrobe, so they could play higher up the pitch. He's still not yeah. as high as he wants to play up the pitch. Yeah, but they still played higher up, so they could pack in space. And then yeah, got all, Varane all the and things Martinez that we playing, playing out from the back, playing out the back. Yeah, and they had, a, uh, and they had a shield in front. McTominay's not the best six; they've just bought a brilliant six to come in and play there. And um, Ericsson is like playing almost like the connector, if you like, from yeah. deep. And, and again, so, he's a great pass for the ball. So yeah, so I mean, yeah, we have to we, we do have to say they made he made some big calls, and they did. were all for, and they were all for the benefit of his team. To be honest, ultimately, whether they can sustain that, that's their problem. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Rosie, um, here should be fun. Should we go for that match summary? Yeah, um, it's an interesting one. Um, Seventeen shots to twelve in our favour. Twice as many shots in the box. Fifteen to eight. Um, as Sai touched on earlier, forty-five touches in the box to twenty-one. All looking very good away from home, but then again, as we always do, we dig down on the quality of the chances, and it wasn't it wasn't in the same ballpark as them. They had four big chances to our one. Um, nearly a 20% um, average shot value to our 9% and 9% is the, the second game in a row so we're having a lot of more speculative efforts which you kind of do against teams that are sitting deep especially when they get an early goal and that's another huge problem we've had in each game um, the non-penalty XG it's pretty even a bit of a disparate um, spread across the models but 1.6 to 1.9 in their favour um, for the second game running, we had 3.1 non-shot XG, so we are, we are getting around teams' box. We are, there seems to be something working to get us there, but then we're not doing anything really when we get there. The only big chance we had was Diaz's 0.6 chance that Milner cut it back for him. Um, yeah, it, we had a majority of the possession, I think. I think the key, and we're going to dig into it, is... For me, after watching the game again, doing the pressing, is some of the pressing fails that we had in this game. Every single big chance they had was from a failed press. Um, 1.5 of their 1.9 XG came from failed presses. It really is. That's that's the that's the area where we were, we were the worst, and and that's in the context of what we're saying about the intensity. If you haven't got the, that intensity, if you're not pressing in groups, you're not pressing together as a unit. And again, touching on what Phil said, if if you've got players who weren't expected to be in this team for what the plan was, then this isn't likely to happen. We, we spoke about it last season in that Brentford game, and it's happened again, and it's happening, and it couldn't have happened at a worse time. So, yeah, our underlying numbers for the free game, okay, we could have had more points, but we aren't creating the quality of chances apart from that last half an hour against um, Fulham. Um, Roti, um, would you have to hand what our average shot quality conceded for the three games is overall? For the three games, yeah, let me just is have it a about, quick... Is it about 0.19, 0.18? Uh, 
It is it's point one five. I've got. It was only so Fulham had nine shots and we only had one big chance. So it was only six percent against right. Fulham. Okay. But against Palace, it was a one in five. It was twenty, and against Man United, it was point one five. So yeah, it yeah, was really good. yeah. It, it, when, yeah. when they're having like a third more or half more than you, uh, and you're conceding four four big chances in consecutive games, one at home. Yeah. And one against Man United, even though we were having 45 touches in the box, even though we were having 16 and 15 shots in the box, it's with players in the way, Dan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, bodies on bodies in the um, yeah, yeah, blocking. Yeah, so I was looking at understat earlier on. I couldn't quite. You can't quite get a league wide view, but it looked to me that we were pretty much double the league average shot quality. Double. So league, league average shots quality is nine point five, and we were at eighteen point something. So just absolutely yeah. outrageous. Yeah. Remember that period, um, start of twenty seventeen eighteen, when you know we went. Um, I think the first ten games we averaged a big big chance conceded from sh- shots from set plays. Do you remember that? Oh dear me, um, it's pretty grim, isn't it? Right now. Um, yeah, so I think um, we're going to come into a lot of problems, reason why all those those issues off the ball uh, and then the uh, the opposition shot quality. But um, let's before we talk about the off the ball stuff, um, site, um, let's talk about those on the ball problems because right from the get go, as well as well as well as the intensity, um, we didn't seem to have be able to build up play in any way. Just a bit like the Fulham game actually, site. It was a bit um, it was a bit disconcerting, wasn't it? How did you see it? The, our problems in build-up. It's handy that you added that extra little sentence in there because I was on mute again. Um, if once we once we built for a, well once we played out from uh, passes between centre backs and full backs um, in the first fifteen minutes, our passes the eight percent, like getting the ball from the back four. It's just shocking, and that was a problem. They were they were high intensity. Um, and it was always going to be the case in, in this circumstance, the new coach, all of the drama. Um, you just have to be really patient. And, and we kept trying to force it and lose possession, creating turnovers, turnovers is the thing that they wanted. Um, and a couple of the ref decisions were going against us early and it got to our, it got into it, our heads a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But what did you see? Anything? Anything in addition to say on the build-up? Sorry, sorry, I was breaking out for me. There was that. Yeah. Is that final third passing completion? Was that what you were saying about? Oh, I don't. You broke up for me as well. But so just come in with your own contribution there. Uh, yeah, I noted that our midfield is their final pass success was. You know, Milner's fifty-eight. Uh, Harvey was good, but George and Henda was eighty-two. But I think there's considering how high Milner was playing. Um, you would have hoped that his passes was a little bit more accurate. Um, I, for me, they Bobby again was. I think I put it in the chat that he started playing a half an hour. I think he started having some touches before that. He was yeah really anonymous in terms of uh, receiving. I've got here his um, receiving rate for uh, Bobby as being. Um, 74, which is which is not too bad for him, but um, I chatted in the post earlier about who received the most progressive passes um, on the team, and uh, you put in and actually the, the correct answer straight away, which is Milner with nine. 
um, which is not what you want to see. You know, uh, Mo was down at five progressive passes received. So clearly we were having issues getting the ball progressively forward into the to right players, should we say. Um, and I, the position of our, of our six, as in Henderson, was was very questionable for that first um, first half an hour, particularly. Yeah, I mean the the, the average position maps have got Bobby um, on the ball. His average um, position on the ball uh, deeper than than Milner. It's just insane, isn't it? It is, and particularly when I mean I think we have tweaked the system. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think we tweaked it quite as much that we don't have a left side eight. You know, we don't have a connector role at all. So for him, Milner to be playing that high. Um, it's just, I can't fathom it at the moment. I have to say, I, I'm lost in terms of why an experienced pro like that is doing that, or even vice versa, why our six is is playing that high in advance of the ball. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, don't get, as I said, United were clever. I thought at times they blocked the pass into our six, into our midfield. Yeah. When the ball was out wide, there wasn't the easy ball in. You know, sometimes it's easy for us to find Fab and then he'll go out the other way or he'll find Thiago and we'll, we'll go out. They did work hard to block that ball in. But still, I would have thought the obvious was protect the back four and drop in to receive rather than go high to receive, which is seemingly what Hendo's default position was. You know, yeah. I can't, I'm not there for an option, so I'll go higher to receive it rather than actually I still need to protect my two centre halves. I'll drop in to receive it. So, yeah, I, I thought there was some issues in that, that, certainly that early part. I mean, there was two chances before the actual goal where uh, they put a ball straight through where our six should be in between the two centre-halves, hit the post, and um, I think uh, Gomez or uh, Trent blocked the, the, the other one as well. So I think there were warning signs before the first goal occurred. Yeah. Um Okay, so I think have we is say are you are you back, say? Where did I go? All oh, right, okay, yeah, we. Okay, um, how did you? You said I was, I was breaking up or something, but I yeah, think... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're back now. That's fine. Um, what, what I said was, what I said was that um, amongst those uh, amongst the midfield, our passing percentage uh, in the first until they scored was sixty-eight percent. So our back four passed the ball to each other, but as soon as the ball went went into the opposition's half, it dropped to sixty eight percent in the minute, which is shocking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just create a turnover. There are there are real. Uh, we've talked at the beginning of the season about it, um, about partnerships and how partnerships are going to be how we build the team and and how we go through phases. Really important um, to have specific pairs of attacker and midfield otherwise you're going to get clogged up in midfield nobody going long and there's nobody connecting and that's exactly what we have from this midfield here when when it's set up so that um james milner is your third man runner as the attacking threat from midfield um and we've got bobby dropping deep we've talked all along that diaz gets gets too involved in the build-up phase really, really early. So we had two lads that were dropping deep at the same time into the same five-meter space right next to Jordan Henderson. And nobody was filling that space. It happened twice where, where Milner went beyond uh, Bobby. And we actually got in one of those times, but he was so slow for ran ran back from um, Madrid and caught him. He got a shot off. Um, that, that's a real problem. 
Um, and on, on top of Aaron Nui, how I mean, how our um, fullbacks interact with the midfield when they're now tucking in because we have to be city, that we've got five players right across the in basically in the width of the centre sir, and it makes it really really easy to defend against. That what we if you look if you look at any of the the wide angle Mo is being marked by three players because they didn't have to mark anybody else. They can squeeze yeah. up the pitch because they only have to worry about him. They can physically push him because they, they were allowed to. Um, and then you've got no they've got no risk on the other side. It was. So we played into Man United's hands. It's easier to press when you're just in the middle of the pitch. You're not using the width of, of uh, Old Trafford. We we played into their hands, and they did the best version of the of the thing that. Yeah, and I know there's lots of de- a lot. I know there's lots of different pass ma- passing networks these days, say, but I just put the Markar stats one in there because Salah is not connected to anybody in our team, not one. He doesn't have a single connection. Um, and give the ball you know, to the best I mean, player. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've talked many times over the years about how the system, you know, Bob Paisley used to say you need eight men to carry a piano and three men to play it. You know? Basically, in new, new Money, you basically say the system needs to facilitate your best attacking player, uh, which is Mo Salah. And he, he, the, the, it, was, it was the complete opposite. The system against Man United... The system was facilitating James Milner because he was the one who was receiving the progressive passes, the most in the team, most in terms of distance and the most in terms of number. It's just insane. How can you have a play like Mo Salah and not have your whole game plan around trying to facilitate and get the best out of him, Si? I just don't get it. And we've seen that when we do that, the results are always there, especially the link between Trent and Salah. And in this game, we were looking at the average position maps there's three players basically in the same spot with james milner ahead of our number nine it's just madness yeah crazy um final thing i wanted to talk to you i need you guys to talk to me about because i just don't understand this right barts and say is trent trent's tweets role this season what what is what is the idea and why are we doing it can you explain it to me in really simple terms? Because I'm I'm really struggling with this one. Uh, we talked about this in depth, like last week, the week before. Yeah, it's that's just right. the, the launch. Give me the bridge version. Launch pad. Go, Bart. Basically, we chatted about last week, and Pep's big thing is to tuck the whip, tuck, tuck the fullbacks inside, push your eights on. Yeah. Um, like he did with Bayern, yeah, I know that. Like yeah. he did with Bayern, right? And we said last week that he could do it at City because his eights are vastly superior to a lot of other midfielders. Oh, we're just copying City, is the answer. Kind of, but we're not doing it on the left, right? Robbo hasn't got the nuances to that. So we're putting, in effect, the idea, I think, is to put your best ball player, Trent, into that tucked in position in a more advanced, uh, more centralised playmaking role. And then we're relying on uh, the right side eight to do the wide hot zone stuff, which Harvey in this game was very wide at times. Yeah. You, you, to be fair, he does when he plays that role, he, he, does he is play the widest wide. of all our midfielders. Right. Yeah, he, and yeah. it also yeah. forces, it should force Mo to start wide and come in, which is, as we said last week, gives him the best opportunity to isolate and interact. And Diaz should do the, the same the other side. But because Robbo isn't doing the touching stuff, Diaz isn't forced out to do that. So therefore, Diaz is becoming ineffective. You also need 
the nine to play in the nine. Otherwise, you get crowded in the area, yeah? Um, and as Sai alluded to in the first five-minute chance, if your third man runner, the left eight, is going to be pushed on to do that, they need to be fairly mobile and athletic and quick to get on to the chances that you get in because they're going to make the run in behind, yeah, to make those chances. So the idea is you get your – your because yeah, traditionally your midfielders are very are good on the ball, talented, good passers, yeah. So the idea is you get the further up the pitch, get the ball, and you influence play and – the midfield, the the your, your fullbacks who are also talented could come in and help defend by uh, forming that shield, but equally on the ball because they could they can influence the game that way. And particularly with Trent, it should enable him to do that. What we chatted last week is that I think me and Sai were the same. Is in I think we both prefer Trent to be in the hot zone delivering rather than uh, Bogdan in the middle, um, it, where he could be marked by two or three players and not get on the as much and equally when he's out wide he can switch to play more which enables us to to stretch them more um and equally if Robbo's not yeah. going to do it then the system isn't working on the left hand side yeah if you saw... look at a lot of the problems there was a massive hole in the left hand side yeah I, I don't know about you you bots but in the in this game I, I guess some, too many times I saw uh, Trent either in the, the right eight position or even the 10 position waiting yeah. for the ball to come to him and it never arrived and it just seems uh, it seems and this is him. To me. He, should, he should be the one out wide getting it into other people. And this is what we said last week. And, he, and this is also him learning the nuances of the role, right? He, he's too, if he's in the 10, he's probably, he's probably too high to wear the right eight. You know what I mean? It, it's a little bit too high to do that. So you don't see Walker, for example, doing that at City or Cancelio no. that high. So that's where he's learning the role. But in doing <clears> so, we're completely nullifying our best playmaker, I, I think. But yeah. I mean, hopefully. The plus so, side of it is the rotations that he could have with Harvey and Mo could be quite exciting if we get it right. Yeah, those right. So those Harvey three staying rotating. wider. Yeah, or rotating yeah. in, Mo coming in, Trent going out. Does that also mean, Bartz, that Harvey has to be more of a surrogate right back as well? Oh, no, just. Well, I, I, he's not been tasked to at the moment, is he? No. I'm sitting in breaks, well, to go and do that. That's what so I mean. Yeah, because so by Trent only going into midfield, he can still come back. Yeah, um, yeah. and if you if you're playing Fab, if you've got the six playing centrally where they should be as well, or to the left of that that quadrant, if you like, he can drop in and your right side centre half can go out and cover, which is why we've got two quick centre half. You got Gomez is quick and Canate is quick. Yeah, so if you evolve this system, you've got a quick pacey centre half to cover Trent coming inside. Yeah. That was yeah. what happened last season anyway. So we have the tools to deal with it. It's just out of sync at the moment and people aren't attuned to playing it as, so, again, we said last week, it's just not it's not tuned enough. So a question that you didn't discuss last week, Rhodesy mm-hmm. and Sai. Um, Rhodesy and Sai, sorry. Um, are we, Rhodesy first, are we trying to change too much at, the, at once? Because we talked on the pre-season preview that we're losing Sadio Mane. He's been a mainstay of our system for six years. Five years, five, five years, five years. Um, and that's a big piece to replace, even on his own. And then we're trying to do all these other things as well, Rosie. What? How do you see it? Yeah, but I think I think the idea was that we would be changing these things with players who had been prepped for it earlier in the pre-season right. over and over again. And then suddenly we haven't got them and we've got players who haven't been as prepped, who didn't expect to be playing... Right. So the injuries double whammy on that as well. Exactly. Yeah. So you're setting up a system with a set of personnel and then that person, well, half of that personnel is getting injured or suspended. And then suddenly we're going, okay, 
we'll put these we'll put these players in, but they're not prepped for it, and and it looked like it. It absolutely looks like it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything to add to Ty? Are we trying to change too much? Um, are you probably. <laughs> we look, we look like we look like we've got a bunch of lads that aren't. So we always, it's easy to go down the whole positional thing, and uh, and it's not about positions. It's not about like who's filling in at right back because whenever we need a right back, Trent's the right back. It, it's it's about positive and negative transition. Who's doing which job at, at which time? And yeah. we don't have all of the lads doing the right jobs at the right times right now. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you're so used to seeing the system running on wheels. You know, you can almost watch it um, without the sound on and without, you know, you know who you know who is doing what because you know that's their movement. You know that's the way they move in the system. And at the moment, there's there's so many things that look broken. And it, the crazy, it's... the crazy thing, the crazy thing is that. We only have two changes from from a team that ostensibly started four years ago. Like, yeah. why yeah. are you changing? Why, like, we're creating instability by by trying to evolve the tactics with the same players who are yeah. now old. Yeah. Yeah. So just go back to the tried and trusted on the yeah. tactics until you get the newer players in the team. Just go back to what they know. And, yeah, and tw- yeah. uh, it's easier to go to say to Diaz, right? Don't do that thing. Go and do that thing over in the corner. Just yeah. go and do the thing. Start over there, and yeah. then and uh, and build around that bit. And yeah. and tell Har. It's just like what Harvey's doing. Fine. I mean, but the, he will the, stay the, inside the, of he will stay inside of Trent if Trent's going outside of him. Yeah, it's that simple. But Trent's not going outside of him anymore. And he did it twice in the game, and we nearly scored both times. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually yeah, surprised yeah. we haven't gone back to doing it. Like after the Fulham game, I'm really surprised with the personnel we lost that we haven't just gone right. Let's just go and do what we always used to do: get points on the board, and then worry about tweaking it later on. I'm really yeah, surprised yeah. we haven't done that. Yeah, I mean, we can't we can't change to, structurally as much as we are changing just because of Diaz. Yeah, can't. 100%. And can't there's no other reason to do it other than this guy. Yeah. And, and I... It, Which is what it says. It's like so, replacing Mane, a mainstay. That's a hard enough job in terms of for a system, right, to do. So yeah. don't try and do all these other changes as well. Get that bit right first and then yeah. move on to the next bit. And yeah. we're trying to add a nine as well, remember? Yeah, the yeah, idea yeah. was where we well, had I, I actually, I actually is... I don't know. We're really not even talked about the game. The... Um, there was I, I listened to Klopp. I don't. I never listened to these things. And two weeks in a row now, I've I've listened to every word he said. And and there were bits of me that uh, are actually kind of loosely believing it as well. Um, I think he gave a little bit of something away when he was defending the players he's got available. I, again, it's proven me wrong. I didn't think we would be changing formations at all. You know, I don't like talking really about formations, but everyone else gets caught up in the four three three two three one. Blah, 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 blah. Let's change to personnel he literally mentioned that he um we couldn't play with a two-man midfield because we don't have enough attackers right now and i was like okay so the plan is to play with four attackers which Mm. is kind of sorry we kind of went to a double pivot against palace right yeah 
Yeah. So 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 just quickly to jump on what Darth was saying about the midfield about the fullbacks is that if we're playing a two three one, then I completely understand why we took Trent in at that point. Yeah. Because we already have wide players. We do, we're creating the WV uh, WWM shape then. Yeah. Um, and it's really really simple to do. Um, but I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced at all that Bobby is even part of any of this because I don't know if he's a player in training. Still, so you also need a working double pivot for that to work, right? Yeah, we have a lot of players to do it. Like we we can slaughter Henderson as much as we like, but me no, and Dar have spoken for years about he can do he. Hen, he Henderson can plays as as a double six. Yeah, he did all right against Palace against Fab with Fab, but with yeah. him and Milner, they weren't playing a double pivot. No, they were. They were. They were. They, oh, we were, they were not we playing a disciplined role in midfield. No, so yeah, I think we can all agree yeah. that. Um, can we talk about another red flag, Rosie? Oh uh, yes. So the off the ball stuff. Um, we talked about the, all this horror show on the ball. Um, the off the ball was was arguably even worse. Yes. So this is what it's an interesting one about the intensity because we played against Palace that for in that first half at least. Our, I thought our intensity were there with the pressing. Um, certainly what I collected, I think we had about 77 presses in the first half and 40 what, possession wins. Um, a lot of turnovers, we, but still wins, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot of turnovers, and there, wasn't much, and there hasn't been much created for it, but it was still there. There was still, there was still some good pressing on show. In this game, it was about as bad as I've seen. Um, I can't remember a time where we've had fewer possession wins and we have had failed presses. Not only that, but we the efficiency was really low down at 76%, and four of the failed presses led to shots. Two were blocked shots, one hit the post, and one was a goal. Uh, two of those were big chances, and it was nearly one XG conceded, and that's just the first half. That's systemic. That's a massive issue. And for guys that have been pressing in this system for years now, um, to 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 get run around like that and to to be committing individually without being able to do it as a unit and that's yeah. what it was happening it was constantly doing it as individuals it was, and we've talked const- so many times yeah Lalana pressing Lalana yeah, style it's, it's a headless chicken yeah it was lots, there was plenty of it wasn't there it's committing to one man when you've not got people behind you when there's space for them to run into Yep. When no one covering, and it and it was constant, and not only that, but we're not creating anything from our pressing either this season, and that's my biggest concern for the off the yeah. ball. Yes, we're conceding too many shots. Yes, we've conceded one nearly one point five xg in this game from failed pressing, seven shots, four big chances. One point five xg conceded from failed there's pressing. There's no, there's no pressing for us. Where's that no. element gone? Yeah, we're not yeah. creating anything that's... from it. Yeah. It's, that's it's, that's like that's like when we played Porto in the Champions League. We won away five nil, and I think we created two xG from pressing, right? Yeah. And then if United created one point five from our failed pressing, just yeah. boggles belief, doesn't it? Right. I got a quiz for you, Rosie. Right. Right. Do you do you know in terms of our presses leading to shots versus the opposition's presses leading failed presses leading to shots? Do you know what the net is on the season? On the season, um, I can't remember the first game, but I'd say it's probably about minus 10 and about minus 2 XG. 
Oh, well, I haven't got the XG figures, but it's minus seven shots. We've had three in three. Yeah. We've had three presses leading to shots in three games, which is low. Usually, we're averaging around two, two and a half shots per game from pressing, and we've only got three so far this season. And we've never been as high as over three leading to shot per game. Never. Yeah. Um, and so a minus seven on the season. Now that is absolutely symptomatic of a broken double, double red flag, broken yeah. system. Yeah, we're not getting any production from it, and it's leaving us vulnerable. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think at some point there's, there's maybe even as soon as Bournemouth, there's going to be a big conservative back to basics approach. That would be my. That would be my if I was a betting man. That's what I go on. Yeah, there has to be, or else it's not looking good. <laughs> it definitely no. has. Um, so we haven't we haven't got the the data viz normally. We were planning to do this tomorrow, and we we would have had the full data viz done by then on the pressing. Unfortunately, we had to bring it forward a day to, to, for Sai. Um, but I will be showing that stuff in the, in the pressure chat um, when we have it when it's ready. Um, Sai Bart, any thoughts on what you saw on on the pressing on the off ball? Was it as bad as did you, was, was, does it pass the eye test? What Rosie described? hundred percent. I I said pre potter it was very solo, um, very unorganized and reactive, if that makes sense. Many of you if you look at the first goal, um, it's I think it starts with us actually attacking them and then we right, Hendo puts it miles up in the air, they counter, we recover a little bit, and then we just solo try and press to win the ball back and then they break straight through our midfield. And ends up with Milner standing up, Sancho or diving in front of him, and and um, BBD doing his thing of trying to shut the goal off in the wrong, well, not the wrong place. You know what I mean? Trying to control the angle of Sancho has to score and probably in the wrong position. So, yeah, I, I think that was the first goal. Really shows up. I think what Rosie's saying there. It was unorganised, um, solo pressing, and not efficient at all. Mm. Um, and, and they scored off it. And I, I'd even say the second goal was. Off some pretty bad pressing as well. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He should take out. He should take out um, Martial in the midfield. Oh yeah, but he shouldn't even try and. I don't know what he's trying to do with body in the ball to him. It's like yeah. it, it's it's a catalogue of errors, and then VVD comes in to try and help out yeah. on Martial, which means that Gomez is then holding the line. It, it's just a catalogue of errors. It's catastrophic. But again, unfortunately, it's the same player who. I don't know, miscontrols it, whatever he's trying to do. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit difficult to say which was actually the worst goal, wasn't it? The first or the second. They were both yeah. Both really bad goals. One thing we always talk about, always talk about, is that probably the number one analytics influencer on matches, Rosie, is game state. Yeah. Of course. And seven in a row. The, yeah, seven matches in a row now, we've conceded the first goal. Um, and Matt game state drives so much in terms of you know how the influence of how matches go. First goal is so important, right? Um, can I just add a point here? Five of those seven, we've conceded a goal before we had a shot on target. No, shit, really. Yeah. This is like the mini lay concede with the first shot on target, concede with, concede with the first two shots on target, yeah, like a dual drinking game. And we, we did touch last, last pod that this, this is. An outlier and shouldn't continue to happen, but the fact it's happened again, yeah, well, it's, it's kind of getting into the trend stage now, isn't it? It, it it's is, probably, it is. It's worse this game, Rodie. I would say, in terms of it's, so, this is catastrophic well, errors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
we've spent 148 minutes in the Premier League uh, losing this season in a losing game state, right? Question for you all, all three of you, right? How many minutes did we spend losing in the whole season in 1819? We've we had 148 this this season so far. 200. It was 173 minutes in 1819. Do you want to have a guess how many it was? Many how many minutes it was last season? In all of last season? 220. Oh, Rosie, 219. About 200, yeah. 219. So we only spent 170, you know, I couldn't get the 1920 figures because it was skewed after we won the league when we had all those loot losses. But I think it would have been very, very similar up until the point that the league was won. You know what I mean? But I couldn't get those numbers. But yeah, we, we barely, we almost conceded, spent as much time, as many minutes in losing situations this season already as we have in those other seasons. It's, it's mind boggling. It's crazy. I mean, did you say 220 last season, right? Yeah. 220? Yeah. 219 like, minutes last season. That's like, and 100 that's like three minutes a game, isn't it? Three minutes a game on average? Yeah. It just shows you how often, A, we score the first goal in matches, and how, yeah. B, how, how, how infrequently we actually lose matches under Klopp. And that's well, yeah, why first defeat in 2022, wasn't it? Tonight. Yeah, exactly. But, you yeah. know, and then, you know, but yeah, it, 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 was, it was a hell of a way to break the duck, wasn't it? <sighs> this yeah. was, it, it couldn't have been a more unclop like performance, in my opinion. But then that's, that is often the way, though. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We, I think Cy put in there about Watford away in the league winning season. Yeah. That was the first defeat in, what, 20 or whatever yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. And that was a very unclop performance, right? Yeah. So I think that's often, I think you guys have said it before, a system failure leads to a defeat. We are normally quite good at working through things without a complete system failure and getting the points or getting a, you know, getting a point. This was, in my mind, a complete system failure. Yeah. Without being too negative and dramatic, by the way. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, the un- one thing we have talked about a little bit is is luck um, at the start, and just from my perspective, is that we we did call this. I did I did call a few things out on the preseason preview that we were maybe running a little bit hot in the in that fantastic run in, in you know uh, second half of last season. Um, and we've had we've conceded our first penalty in well over a year. We've had a dodgy VAR call. Um, we've had a red card, first red card for violent conduct under Klopp. And then in this in this match, there was two two incidents. Just again in that not quite getting the rub of the green bracket. So there's the first which I just want to call out. The first one was where Fernandez absolutely blams it is in his own net, and it hits Martinez and doesn't go in. <laughs> that one. And then the other one where. Exactly. <laughs> the other one was the second goal because under last season's margin of error on VAR, that goal is offside. But under the new, um, under the new margin of error, the lines were touching. He's on. Um, so it's just one of those things. We are in a sticky period where the the rubber the green is not going for. Well, they had, our, they had our first shot on target before we did, didn't they? Yeah. It will turn, but it's just it's just one of those horrible periods where when it rains, it pours, I'm afraid. Martinez shanked one as well, and De Gea just tipped it around the post. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, yeah, Bobby was trying to get there, and he got in front of him, didn't he? And then he was, yeah, turned it around his own post, yeah. 
But the, you know the what I mean, where Fernandez basically blammed it in his own net in the yeah, first we half. Yeah, we thought it was going to be a handball, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a bit on. Yeah. You also yeah. like Diaz, Diaz' close chance just puts it straight at um, their keeper's foot. You know, I mean, it's just stuff isn't like you said isn't, isn't quite running for us in in the key box and in the other box it's running the, against us as well. So yeah, well, the the, the difference is is that. Allison's not bailing us out this season, is it? Yeah, so well, he, can't, he can't. He can't bail us out all the time, can he? No, exactly. <laughs> you know, but you know, bailed us out against Palace, but it was offside. Hmm. Yeah, and to be fair, that, that is that was a Rashford finish. That is what Rashford does. You know, yeah. the, the last time they beat us at Old Trafford under Mourinho, Trent got slaughtered, didn't he, for the same hmm. goal? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, final one then to finish off then, um, because this has been a hell of a ordeal <laughs> for this. Um, do we have any positives that we want to highlight in the last 35 minutes of play? Well, I do, do one of my positives, and this might sound weird, I thought Gomez was really good. I thought Gomez's passing was great. I thought he did he did a lot of progressive passes from back from the deep. Um, I thought he covered round behind um, Van Dyke well. Um I thought that was a for me that was a positive to see Joe come back and play well as a centre half, yeah. um, and be the centre half. I remember him being from the Championship winning season. You know, yeah, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't great. He wasn't great for the first goal though, was he? No, no, no. All right, fair enough. But then he's he's completely utterly isolated, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got no no shield in front of him. He had eight, eight progressive passes. He made. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just think that final final third pass is six. I just think there's. For a centre half, he gives us something different. He gives us that pace at the back. He allows that player. I thought that was, thought that was good. Uh, Harvey as well. Give some note to him. His XG chain. I know I said in the chat. Understands is slightly different. Harvey's got a one XG chain and a 0.77 XG build. Again, following Palace, he had a similar kind of numbers. He was, although he he's doing something different. He's involved and in, in getting a little driven. I thought, thought he took his time to get into the game, but I thought he is having an impact here and there. Um, yeah, I thought there was some positive sign. I mean, was it we created one big chance, uh, one point, whatever uh, models well, we go through? We we had some. Didn't we get, did get, get Salah more central? Didn't, didn't we get Salah more in the second half? Yeah, and we got him more involved. I was, I was definitely had more of the ball in this in that last in that last period. Yeah. yeah. So Roger, any, any, any positives? Any positives from you in that last period? Oh, only came on. He pressed much better. I thought they pressed more in groups. I don't know if. Uh, the figures back it up, I think they do, but I thought we had more group pressing towards the end to try and win the ball back. We didn't create much, but I thought, yeah, Cavalier was good. And it's like what we were saying, for 60 minutes, more had barely had a touch, and then I thought for the last 35, he, he was a lot more involved in the game, and when he gets more involved in the game, then we we obviously pinning him back and having more touches and shots in the box. Not that big chance. I'll come to you for the last word in the second side, but my, my, my one is... Um... Is uh, shots from set plays. Um, we had only four total in the first two matches. Remember last season, we had the most ever recorded in the Premier League season. We, we averaged five point seven per game. Um, um, so, by, if we matching last season's average, we should have been at uh, uh, eleven shots after two games. We were on four, and then we ended up with eight in this match. Six of them in the last forty minutes, I think. So. Um, and there was the one in the first half, which um, which almost led to that funny own goal from um, from from Fernandez. So there was at least 
get people us getting on the end of things in the box and you know causing you know looking more like our old selves in you know on set plays so that that was one small positive um Sai, last word to you mate did you see anything in the last 35 minutes that um you want to call out i think it kind of it felt better that i, I like objectively statistically not really um we scored which is great but i i think it, it felt better so there's a narrative being attached to it that most of our xg nearly all of harvey's uh xg bill came from one incident which was very nice and diaz should have scored um he spends his whole fucking time showboating uh, yeah he can't just back heel it into a wide open goal he for the for once he actually did like darwin finishes that and yeah. he's he tried yeah. that finish all the time, but as if as if Diaz can't do it, and it was a way easier chance than any than either of Darwin's against Fulham. Um, yeah, like De Gea had, had committed forward, he was beyond the the near post, and the only way that gets saved is by doing the exact thing that Diaz did. It was awful. It was a terrible, terrible shot, and it was it was a very nice bit of play. But it was like a 0.6 xG. That's where all of the xG comes from. In yep. for um, uh, Van Dijk, for Milner, for Harvey, and for for Diaz, um, I think that we Carvalho was the bright light for me. He had two shots when he came on. Um, he he, uh, he actually helped win possession. He didn't give the ball away once, apart from. Uh, if we say uh, a shot, no, a shot on target. So that's still that still counts in my book. Um, yeah. He was by far the bright light. Okay. Well, that has been your Under Pressure podcast for this week. We will be back uh, pretty much every Monday at eight thirty uh, from from now until Christmas, um, starting with Bournemouth um, on next Monday, and then. We'll be into the hectic schedule two games a week, pretty much from there until um, middle of December. But that has been your End of Pressure podcast. My name's, been, my name's Dan Kennett. Until next week, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.